thank you for listening to our sermons online. You can also catch these on our WCC app, available for Apple and Android devices. This week, our youth director, Dylan Ferguson, shares about looking forward with God through prayer. you don't know who I am, I'm Dylan Ferguson. I'm the youth director here. Uh, so it's, it's just a great blessing to be able to, to share a little bit with you this morning. But first, can we just give a hand to our youth group? Can we just, man, hey, I love having Youth Sunday a couple times a year. I love seeing these kids uh, serve up on stage or on the welcome team there. And, and I've been walking alongside some of these kids for a really long time. So it's fun to see how they've grown and how they're really come out and they want to serve. And they're, they're a part of the church now, but they're, they're the future of, of the church and its leadership. Uh, so I'm so thankful for them. Thank you. You youth kids for just being so great. I'm very thankful. Well, over the last few weeks, uh, Pastor Scott has been talking about looking back. And last week we called Looking Back Sunday. And we've, we've really been exploring how we can look back and see God, how God has been faithful in our lives. How God has been working in our lives forever. And that's a pretty cool thing to look back and see, even in hard circumstances, even in tough times, that God is with us and that he's bringing us through. He's bringing us through our lives. And it's been fun to, to see how, how God has been working in some of your lives. And really, I've seen God working in my life over the last few years. And it's been fun to reflect on that. It's been meaningful to reflect on what God has done. Today, being Youth Sunday, we're going we're gonna to call this Looking Ahead Sunday. And, and, and when I say that, I think the most important thing that we can do as we look ahead is to do so in prayer. To prayerfully look ahead after seeing all the wonders that God has done, after seeing how great he's been in our lives. Man, we can look ahead what's going to happen next all the time. Uh, but, but being prayerful and looking to God and trusting in him, because that's really what prayer is. It's, it's a belief. It's, it's trusting that we can't do it on our own. And if we're, if we're thankful for what God has done, we can look forward and continue to ask God uh, to be a part of our lives and to bring us through uh, our seasons of life, because really our seasons change. We have, we have, we have tough seasons at times. We have we have good seasons at times, but in every season of life, God is with us. In every season of life, he is bringing us through. And it was great to hear some of you share last week. I just want to thank those of you who shared. Oh, man, it, it got me emotional hearing some of your stories, hearing how God has been working in and through you in, in every circumstance. Uh, so I want to say thank you. And then just hearing those stories, I would like to share a little bit of mine with you today. Uh, really just how God has been working in my life, life over the last couple of years and, and for a really long time now. And I'll start by just giving you a little background of, of my life growing up. So I grew up on the coast in Newport, Oregon, uh, a great, great town. And I have a brother and a sister, a little sister and an older brother. And we growing up had a pretty tough time through a lot as kids watching our parents who 
didn't really get along too well all the time. They, they fought a lot. It was hard to, to watch these things. And really, they, they didn't make the greatest choices. Uh, and I, I don't want to talk bad about my parents because I, I love my parents. And they've always loved their kids. They've always loved us. But they've made some choices that have affected us in certain ways. And they've made choices that have affected their life and their relationship together. Uh, so, so early on, uh, growing up was tough, just watching as my parents uh, struggled with addiction, uh, struggled with depression, and, and being in, having lots of marital uh, problems and differences. Uh, it, it was pretty hard growing up. And then it, it all kind of uh, got a little better when I was in high school, and, and my, my, my parents were sober for about seven or eight years, and that was a great thing to see. And, and I think I had one of the greatest relationships with, with my father that I had ever had in my life. It, it felt really great to spend time with him. We would go disc golfing together. We would do all these things together, and we started building this relationship. And then uh, just a couple years ago, uh, he went down a path that uh, he went down uh, in, in previous times. He, he began, and it, it's caused a lot of turmoil. I, I think I remember Scott sharing last week when he was talking about the stories. He said a few of them up, up on stage, little pieces of them. And one of them said, this has been the hardest year of my life. And that could have been many of you that, that wrote that, but that was what was the first sentence in my 100-word testimony was this has been one of the, the hardest years of my life. Uh, and it's because my parents have gone through a divorce. One of the things that's great about my parents for so long is that they, they stuck it through everything. Man, they went through so much. I've never seen a, a relationship that's been through much, and they were almost married for 30 years. And, and then uh, this last year, they finalized their divorce, and it was pretty messy. There was a lot of disagreement. The, the family just kind of was torn apart. And one of the relationships that was affected the most was the relationship between me and my dad. Uh, I felt kind of in between my parents, you, you know, and I felt like I was kind of siding with my mom in some things just because of some, some choices my dad was making. And I, I, I felt like I had to stand up for my mom. I felt like I had to, had to intervene a little bit. And uh, so what that caused was our relationship to be, to be broken. And, and I remember in June of last year, actually on Father's Day, thinking, I don't think that me and my dad's relationship is ever going to be the way it used to be going to, to be healed. I, I really don't believe that, that there's any way to, to get out of this. And I'll share with you just a little bit of my journal entry from that day. I, I was looking back at my journal on this last Father's Day uh, last week and just seeing, oh man, what was I feeling last Father's Day? And I, I read it and I remembered. And it says, this is my toughest Father's Day yet. I miss having my dad in my life. My soul is heavy and hurting. I just don't know what to feel. And yeah, I remember feeling that. I remember my soul feeling heavy. I remember I remember being hurt because I didn't have this relationship with my father anymore. And, and, and it was tough. And as I was going through this, a, a lot of you knew about this. Some of you were very helpful in encouraging me, so I want to thank you uh, for being 
with me there in that season. A lot of the staff, a lot of people came around me and, and were very encouraging, so thank you. But I, I also had some people from back home where I was from in Newport uh, trying to support me. And I remember a couple of people saying, hey, Dylan, you got this. Hey, hey, you got this, man. You, you'll get through this. And at the time, that felt great. I was like, yeah, I got this. Man, I can try to fix things. I can try to make things work. But as, as time went on, I learned that that was probably one of the biggest lies uh, was that I had some control to fix what was going on because I really didn't. I mean, I could send, you know, text message after text message to, to my dad. I could say as many things to him, and I wasn't going to be able to fix his heart. I wasn't going to be able to fix our relationship by things that I could do. I wasn't going to be able to fix my parents' relationship with anything that I could do. There was only one that could, that could help me in that, in that season, and that was God. And as we talk about these seasons of change in our life, I want to point us to some scripture. Uh, and it's in Deuteronomy chapter 31. It's page 172 on those Bibles in front of you. But let me give you a little bit of context for this story, okay? So Moses, we know the story. He brings the Israelites out of Egypt, and they're wandering for 40 years then they come to the promised land, and Moses knows that this is it for him, that he is no longer going to be with them. He's not going to cross the river to the promised land. He knows that his time is up. And so then he, he looks, and he, and he sees Joshua, and Joshua is the, the man that he's going to pass the leadership over to. He's the man that he's saying, it's, it's your turn to lead. I thought this scripture was appropriate this morning with Scott on the piano and me up here. He's kind of passing the, the baton to me, right, Scott? <laughs> I'm not out to get his job or anything yet. And uh, no, <laughs> just kidding, just kidding. So, so let's read this. So Joshua was feeling scared, I'm sure. I mean, he had been with them for so long and Moses had been the leader. And to, to go into this new season and it's like, hey, it's your turn to lead. He must have been terrified. So Moses brings all of Israel together. He brings, he brings Moses together. And verses 7 and 8 uh, will be in. It says, Then Moses summoned Joshua and said to him, In the sight of all Israel, Be strong and courageous, for you shall go with this people into the land that the Lord has sworn to their fathers to give them, and you shall put them in possession of it. It is the Lord who goes before you. He will be with you. He will not leave you or forsake you. Do not fear or be dismayed. Man, I love that passage. I love what Moses is saying to him because he knows, he knows Joshua is going to be scared. He, so he says, be strong and courageous. But he doesn't say, hey, Joshua, you got this all figured out. He goes, the Lord's got this figured out. He says, God goes before you. And when I read that, I just think of being in some sort of jungle or something, and, and God is in front of me with like a machete, just chopping down trees, chopping down vines, clearing. It says he goes before us, which is just a beautiful picture, just like God Rambo just style, just, just chopping down trees. And yeah, we, we can go off of this path sometimes. We can, we can try to make our own path. Oh, man, but there are a lot of things that can get in our way when, when we don't allow God to go before us, when we don't follow his will and what he wants for our lives. 
Uh, we, we can do that, and we, we kind of know how, how that ends, but God never stops clearing away for us. He never stops going before us. He says, hey, come on, come, come along with me. I'll show you the way. Uh, and, and he invites us to follow him in that. And as some of you know, uh, so after I wrote that journal entry in June last year, uh, on Father's Day, I don't think I had talked to my dad for a solid five or six months. And then in January, uh, my dad's mistakes, my dad's poor choices uh, led to some things that, that affected him in a big way, that affected our family in a big way uh, after the divorce, and, and affected some strangers in a big way, uh, and it, it ended up putting him in jail. And I just found out this last a week that my dad will be serving an 11 and a half year prison sentence. And, and man, that, that hurts. And in January, when I got the call that something had happened, that, that hurt then. No matter our differences, no matter how much we were arguing and how much we hadn't been in each other's lives, it hurt. I'm thinking, man, my, my kids, my, my daughter, who's three, she won't, she'll be 14 when, when she gets to, you know, uh, be outside of prison with her grandpa again. And my son, Bo, he'll be 12. So, so, so it was really hurtful to, to see, but, but, I've always wanted to do that. <laughs> but God has been doing a great work in my dad's life. And in January, I sent him a letter. I said, I, I said some things to him. I had to edit it a few times because really I, I probably wasn't so gracious at first when I wrote it, but I gave it a couple days and I was like, okay, God, I'm going to treat this graciously, as graciously as I can. So I sent him a letter, uh, and I heard back from him, and God started to, to do a great healing in our relationship. It's terrible that it had to come at that circumstance, but God started doing great work in us. Uh, and we started talking on the phone. We started emailing each other back and forth. Yeah, they have the email in jail. That's kind of cool. Um, and I remember one day, it was probably about a month after all this had happened, I was on the phone with him, and we were having a conversation, and I was about to hang up, and, and my dad said to me, he said, Dylan, don't worry, God's got this. The Lord's got this. And I thought, wow, God must be doing a great work in his heart. Uh, because my dad has walked with the Lord, but just not very well for a lot of the years of his life, but he's believed in, in the Lord, and for him to go in there, it, it completely changed him. It completely transformed him, and he started looking towards God, and he said, Dylan, God's got this, and I was like, whoa, that's crazy. I don't have this. God's got this, and this spoke to me. I think God was speaking to me through my dad, because Moses didn't say to Joshua, hey, man, you can do this. You, you can do all the right things and lead Israel really well because of your strength, because of what you're going to do. No. Moses knew. Moses knew what it was like to lead these people. He had been through so many things with them. And Moses had learned, man, God's the one that's got this. When the Israelites were, were hungry, man, God was the one that took care of that. Uh, you know, in, in every trial and everything that they went through, Moses knew you know, God's got this. So here's just a four-word prayer for you that you can say as you look ahead and, and wonder kind of what God's going to be doing in your life. If you're looking ahead and you're fearful and you think, oh man, what's going to happen if you're anxious? And here's just a four-word prayer you can say. It's, Lord, you got this. Can you say that with me, Lord, you got this? Lord, you got this. Lord, you got this. 
Yeah, he does. He has it in his hands. He's got it figured out. And sometimes I understand we don't know how to pray. It's like, man, sometimes I, I sit down to pray and I'm like, what do I pray about? But this is a prayer that we can say over and over again, regardless of our circumstances, we can look to God and say, Lord, you got this. And this is why I think as we look forward, prayer is the most important thing that we can do. Don't, don't let the things in your life, don't let the, the busyness of your life stop you from praying. Because if you go on in your life trying to do all these things on your own, if you go on in your life trying to work out all these issues on your own, it's not going to go too well. And I've, I've learned that from experience, and I'm sure many of you in this room have learned that as well, that, man, prayer is important. And it's not easy. I'm not saying it's some easy thing that we do that, oh, man, I can just focus on God all the time. No, we, we struggle. But if we just keep saying, Lord, you got this, Man, he's, he's going to take it over. He's going to have control. And it's kind of, it's kind of like a, a battle. And we've, we've heard this before. It's like there's even a movie, I think, called War Room. It's all about prayer. It's all about a prayer room. And it's like, why do they call this like a battle? Why is prayer like a battle? And in, in a, I think I know why. I think in a feed God talks about the breastplate of righteousness, I hope I'm getting these right, the shield of faith, uh, the, the belt of truth, all these things that we equipped ourselves with, ourselves with. And then after it says that, it says pray continually. It says go on, keep on praying. Pray at all times, it says. So what are we preparing for? What's the battle? I believe it's prayer. It doesn't say prayer is like another piece of armor you put on. It says put on the armor and then pray. Even Jesus, when he left, when he, when he ascended into heaven, he left a group of people that were just praying, just praying together. And so that's why I say prayer is striking the winning blow. Would you write that down? Prayer is striking the winning blow in, in, in a battle. And that's where we find our victories is in prayer. We look ahead and we say, Lord, you got this. And, and, and that's, that's when we strike the winning blow because after that, God's taking care of things. We, we allow him and trust him and say, say, God, you got this. Lord, you got this. Then he's taking control. I think we, we lie to ourselves sometimes and think life is the battle. Like, oh, this struggle, this, this hurt, this situation, this is a battle. Like, I need to, I, and, and when we think that, we think, I need to fight through it. I need to do something to fix this. I need to fight for this situation. Fighting comes before that. The fighting comes when we're praying, when we're saying, Lord, you got this. Because he's faithful to just keep on working in our lives, to keep on doing the heavy lifting for us. So prayer is striking the winning blow. And we see this with Jesus a lot too. He, when, when he was in ministry, he prayed so much. It talks about it. It's, it's very specific. Before he had to make a big decision, before something big was about to happen, before he was going to see a lot of people, he would go off alone. And what would he do? He would pray. And, and I want to I point out just one, uh, one instance where Jesus was praying. And it's when him and the disciples are in the garden before the cross. Before Jesus was going to be arrested, uh, they're all together. And it's Luke 22, verses 39 through 46. And I'll read it here on the screen for you. It says, And he came out and went, as was his custom, to the Mount of Olives. And the disciples followed him. And when he came to the place, he said to them, Pray that you may not enter into temptation. 
And he withdrew from them about a stone's throw and knelt down and prayed, saying, Father, if you are willing, remove this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. And there appeared to him an angel from heaven, strengthening him, and prayed more earnestly. And his sweat became like great drops of blood falling down to the ground. And when he rose from prayer, he came to the disciples and found them sleeping for sorrow. And he said to them, why are you sleeping? Rise and pray that you may not enter into temptation. So Jesus knows something big's coming. He, he, he can see, he knows the cross is coming. So he says to his father, he says, if, if you can change my circumstances, that would be great. Like, if that's your will, do it. Like, let's do a fundraiser or something or, or like, something else to, to pay for people's sin. What, what can we do instead? But if not, if there's not another way, Father, he says, your will be done. I think there's an, another good way to say this. Jesus was basically saying, Lord, you got this. He was saying, Father, you got this under control, which I, I think is great as he's going to the cross. And if, if, if prayer is striking the winning blow, if prayer is where we go to battle, because really we see Jesus and we read that Jesus is in agony. And even doctors have studied this and wondered what kind of pain he was feeling. And, and it was brutal. He must have been in a brutal state there as he's, as he's praying to his father, sweating like drops of blood, it says. And if, if prayer, then I think ministry is collecting the reward. Ministry is collecting the reward. It, and when I say ministry, all I really mean is your life. That's what ministry is, your life, following Jesus, growing closer to God, helping others along the way. This is, this is ministry, and there's lots of different ways we do ministry, but I believe that that's collecting the rewards of, of what we do in our prayer life. In the garden, Jesus said what? He said, Father, you got this. The disciples, they, they slept they, even when Jesus was like, hey, guys, pray, they're like, oh, we'll, just, we'll just sleep. The disciples said, we got this. The disciples said, I think that we need some rest so we can be ready for this. The disciples thought, we got this. We don't need to listen to Jesus. We can just do it on our own. We'll protect them. Because even later it says that they, they try to fight off the guards that, that come to arrest Jesus. They're saying, we got this. We can take them. Let's do it. And Jesus is like, no, this is... This is the Father's will. This is what, he's got this under control. And as a result of those decisions that they made, uh, Jesus at the cross was victorious. He, he did everything right. He, he went to the cross. He did it in humility. He did it in love. And he did it even praying for the people that were crucifying him. I think that's a result of his prayer, a result of his preparation and telling God that he's got this. Saying, I, I, I don't love the circumstances. It, it's going to be hard, but Lord, you got this. And as a result of the disciples' decision to not pray, to fall asleep, what do we see them do at the cross? They fail at the cross. They, they go, they flee, they, they run away, they hide. Peter even denies Jesus three times. He says, no, I don't, I don't know him. 
Man, and that was a lack of preparation. That was a lack of them trusting in God and saying, God, we know you got this. Because they thought that they could do it on their own. And and this is what happens, I believe, when, when we start trying to do things on our own. We start to fail. We start to see more failures in our life. We start to look at our hard circumstances. We start to look at even our good circumstances and feel unfulfilled when we try to do these things on our own and and say, we got this. For so long with my dad, I was like, hey, I can figure this out. And it only really made things worse. It only really made me more angry when I didn't get the response I wanted. It really made him more angry when he felt like his son was trying to fix him. It didn't didn't fix, and, and I want you to be encouraged this morning. I want you to know that God is not finished. He's not, God is not finished in your life. It's not too late to start saying, Lord, you got this. It's not too late to start, to, to start giving it to him and saying, Lord, I know you go before me. I know you're the one that does the work. Go ahead and do it. It's not too late. He's not finished with your story. He's not. And over the last couple years, this verse in Philippians 1.6 has really been on my heart. I think even someone shared it in their story uh, last week. And that's, it says, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion to the day of Jesus Christ. It doesn't say, hey, you've done great work. Oh, man, you've volunteered. You've done this. You've believed. So go ahead. Go and carry this out to completion. Keep doing it yourself. No. It doesn't say that. It says, God, it says, he has begun a great work in you. He's begun working in you and through you in your heart. And he's the one that's going to carry it out to completion. And saying, Lord, you got this, is, is trusting in him. And this last week, I got a letter from my dad. And I was pretty excited. He's been sending me some letters and do that. And I'm, I'm reading through the, these letters and it's after he just found out that he was going to be serving 11 and a half years. And he said, hey, Dylan, I just finished reading the New Testament. I was like, whoa, awesome. God's, my dad's never read the Bible. He's always said, oh, yeah, I believe in Jesus, but yeah, I don't really need the Bible. So he, re- he reads the whole New Testament. He tells me, I'm like, wow, that's, that's great. And then he says that he knows God isn't finished with him. He knows that even though he got this sentence that God's not finished with him, He said that he prayed for a really long time that it would be like a miracle that he would get some short sentence that he could be out of there really quick. But he also said, but I'm trusting God that that this is what he wanted. I'm trusting God that even in my circumstances, even though things don't seem too good and and I'm going to go through a lot of hard times missing my family. I'm going to go through a lot of hard times sitting with this in, in my head and in my heart. On, on what I've done, but he says more f- from, from my dad. God's been speaking to me, to me through him more than anything lately. Because the more that we pray, the more that we say, Lord, you, you, know, you go before me, Lord, the more we're going to see the victories in our circumstances. Man, it's, it's hard to see victories in certain circumstances. It, it, it's, it's tough. I, I had such a hard time for so long trying to find something. Oh, wow, God is doing a great thing in my whole family's lives. And you don't have to do this on your own. This isn't something that God, life isn't something God asks us to do on our own. 
You can look ahead knowing that the God who created you, the God who loves you and cares for you so much that he would send his son to die for you is going before you and making a way for you. And what a beautiful thing that he asks us to step into relationship with him. He, and and always, he says, trust me. He says, trust me with your life. And as the worship team comes on back up here, uh, I just want to leave you with some encouragement. Um, because I know it, it can be hard. And, and my encouragement isn't, hey guys, you got this. Because I know, a lot of you, I know that there are circumstances that are hard. I know there are people in this room going through some pretty rough stuff, but some of you are in a season of hope. Some of you are in good, like you feel good about the season you're in, but guess what? God's not finished with you. He's not finished with your story. And some of you are in seasons of, of struggles. Some of you are going through some hard stuff, but guess what? God's not finished with you. And some of you are looking ahead after you've looked back and seen what God has done, you're looking ahead and thinking, man, I'm anxious, I'm fearful, I'm helpless. Some of you are feeling that, but guess what? God's not finished. He's not finished with you. He's not finished with your story. And he just wants you to trust in him. Take your, your marital problems and say, Lord, you got this. Take your, your health problems and say, Lord, you got this. Take your, uh, your, your struggling in parenting and say, Lord, you got this. You're struggling in addiction and say, Lord, you got this. Because he does. So as you look ahead, as we look and see what's next, know that God's got this. He's on your side. He's clearing a path. He's making a way for you. And as we look ahead in prayer and say, Lord, you got this, I, I promise you will see the hope that God promises. You will see the victories in your life. Let's pray. Father, I, I thank you so much for this just opportunity to share. And God, the, the work that you're doing in hearts here at Willamette Community Church and, and all around the world, Lord, we thank you so much for, for this great work that you have done. And it's been fun looking back and seeing, God, what you have done. But it is hard at times for us to trust, to know that you got this. So, Lord, I say today that you do have this. That whatever comes our way, Lord, we can trust in you. We can know that you've started this great work still working and you're going to continue to work until the day we get to be with you in glory until your son comes back and what what a beautiful thing thank you so much lord for your love for your heart for us god let us trust in you let us not be afraid of what's next but look ahead knowing that you have things under control knowing that you are writing the story in our lives you're the one that does the work, Lord. We ask that you would continue to do that, continue to work in every single one of these hearts in this room, work in and through us, Lord. Help us to look to you. Lord, we love you so much. We pray these things in your son's name. Amen. Thank you for listening. Be sure to tune in next week as Pastor Cyrus Redman 
begins a study on the book of Jonah. 